time came when the ticker tape in the broker's office told a new story. It was panic. Sixteen and a half million shares of stock sold in a single day. gentlemen welcome back to stock dirty to me the number one podcast for investors all across the world i am of course your host with the most filled better and with me are the two most advanced knowledgeable people in the stock market we got tony uh, wait, tony who is the uh you know local economist and we got Dalt, our resident advisor how are you guys doing today how's it going doing good doing amazing doing amazing here to talk some um Talk about some cryptocurrencies, some new market highs, yeah. Fed tapering that's going to be happening. So I know a lot of people want to know, like, what does that actually mean? I think people understand that it means the Fed's going to sell assets off their balance sheet, but people want to know how that's going to affect their investments in the market. So we're going to get into that today. Looking forward to that. Tony, how are you doing? What's new in the world of economics and stuff like that? Everything's good, man. I uh, Stock market's been booming. Business is booming. Um, 
everything's going up for right now anyways um i'm kind of surprised because we had the announcement about the uh tapering and typically people panic anytime the fed says anything about tapering even though we've we've known this has been coming for months even six seven eight months now but for some reason there's always a little bit of panic every time they bring that up that they're going to start tapering back their bond purchasing and their etf purchasing to pump the market and uh, surprisingly, it hasn't dropped. Maybe it will tomorrow, but um, I'm a little surprised by that. Not worried if it did, but I was just a little surprised that it didn't. So There we go. We got our resident uh, backyard uh, dude. So I'm having a hard time uh, hearing you guys. I'm going to grab my, my headphones real quick. But no continue. problem. We'll just be doing just myself. Yeah, we got Mark Newman from Tony's Backyard. He's our resident uh, stalker. And he may uh, leave if Tony's bought more uh, shitty. Connecticut. Yeah, we go Connecticut. We got uh, Timmy, Dimitri. Hi, how are you doing? Love seeing you guys here. We had Dorothy before from the villages in Florida. Amazing place. And of course, we have someone from the heartland in Cajunville themselves. I love Cajun. I love Louisiana and all that. Um, Dalt, how is the market playing? What's going on while we wait for Tony before we jump into uh, the topics of the day? How is the market performing this week? The market's been really well. So we had we had a we had a new all time high yesterday at I believe um, six thirty three four thousand six hundred thirty three points. Now we're up to four thousand six hundred sixty points. So it was a new all time high today as well. So back to back all time highs. Market looks strong. Uh, I I think like a lot a lot of this content that I'm that I'm picking up out of the Wall the Wall Wall Street Journal is that. It looks like it's going to be a continued push towards higher prices all across the board. So anybody that's involved in any kind of retail, um, these guys are going to be pushing out higher prices. Walmart, Amazon, um, your clothing retailers, everybody is is factoring in higher higher prices. Airlines. So as long as long consumers are continuing to to pay them, and because people have been locked up and unable to do things for so long over the pan pandemic there's a lot of boom spending right now people are doing all the things that they wanted to do and now people are like oh i don't want to hold off anymore because you never know when we're gonna be stuck inside for 12 months again so everybody's getting out there and spending a lot of money doing things and i've been guilty of this i'm sure everyone else watching this has been guilty of this as well um i'm spending more on entertainment like we're going to a lot of bars and restaurants and stuff not like clothing or anything but um but yeah it feels good to go out and there's a lot of spending in the economy right right, right now so the market's the market's going to move higher there we go. Tony, anything to say about the uh, market and uh, entertaining spending, as uh, Dalt was mentioning? Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree with what he said. Um, but I think uh, the stimulus checks ending a little while ago, we saw the effects of that where the market kind of slowed down a little bit. And then we had September, the September lows, and then now it's booming again. Uh, I would think for the rest of this year, probably going to continue to go up. Um, but who knows? Who knows, really? Uh, I think what, what topic do you want to get into first? You want to talk about the market tapering? You want to talk about the, the Shiba wallets? The big news on that? Um, we want to talk well, let's about, talk crypto. about the Squid Coin, which is woo. Yeah, we'll start with, uh, with uh, crypto, and then we'll, I guess we'll go to. Uh, uh, focus more on the market, and then we'll talk about the Fed tapering. I think at the end they'll be good. There we go. So yeah, 
Uh, let's. Where do you want to start with the crypto and uh, the fun stuff? You want to talk about the uh, the Shiba news? Yeah. Do you know about the Shiba news? Let's 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 do that. Let's do that. Oh God. So for those of you, we talked a lot about Shiba last week, and it's been talked about a lot continuously in the group over and over again over the last two weeks or so. Um, so right now we saw some some updates, and I have a story from Bloomberg I, I took some notes from because Bloomberg is a pretty reputable, incredible yeah. source. Um, so there's a total of about 872,000 wallets that hold Shiba as an investment. investment. Um, so it, all of Shiba is held in 872,000 wallets, which could mean 872,000 people, or there could be multiple people that have multiple wallets and they have the money spread amongst multiple wallets. So we don't really know how many people actually own Shibu or Shiba, but we do know that it's around 870,000, give or take. So right now, here's the staggering numbers though. Right now, 10 wallets hold 72% of all of the Shiba that's in circulation. So essentially that that means, and the crazy thing about that is the number one wallet, the largest wallet holds 41% of all of Shiba. I was just gonna, gonna say that, yeah, the one wallet. And the second, the reason why it's dropping right now, we've seen it drop over the last two days, is that the second largest wallet owned 13% of Shiba. And right now, from the looks of it, this person or multiple people or multiple or multiple wallets, um, this could buy the, by the way, this could be the same person, the person that yeah. owns 41% could own 13% of it in a different wallet. So we don't really know, but the person that owns 13% of it sold half of it. So, uh, it could be they're locking in their profits. It could mean a lot of things, or it could mean they're gearing up to sell all the rest as well. So this was why we saw a big drop today, and this is con this is concerning. But at the same time, at some point, I believe what was it forty one percent of all Bitcoin was owned by the top ten percent wallets. I think it was the stat. Yeah. So, but now Bitcoin has become more institutionalized. Uh, there's you, you have Bitcoin ETFs with futures. You have a lot more. It's become a lot more mainstream. Whereas Shiba Inu is going to, in my opinion, come nowhere near Bitcoin and not even close to that. So it's much more concerning for uh, Shiba that this is happening than it is for Bitcoin or Ethereum or anything like that. So, I wasn't so, so Dahl, what's your take on that situation? Yeah, definitely. Um, so the guy who has 41% in... Um, the forty-one percent of all Shiba in that in that wallet, uh, something like what is it, four hundred and ten billion? So that person, is that correct? Oh no, I'm wrong. I think it was twenty-one billion. billion. Four hundred ten trillion Shiba coins, coins. And that's, oh really? Okay. That, yeah, that's worth twenty-three point four billion. Okay, oh that's God. the stat I saw. Yeah. So every day this guy is going to try and sell, right? Yeah. Everybody is going to try and sell some. He can't sell all of it at once because it crash it right right to uh, well zero. Yeah, it's already at zero, but just uh, you know closer to zero, <laughs> closer to zero. Um, so every day he he sells and he sells and he sells or she sells, and 
basically they're they're trying to balance the current demand of of Shiba so that you know at the very least um, the price can be unchanged. Sometimes he'll try to hide back or she'll try to hide back a little bit, and so that there's more buyers and sellers and the price can rise, which brings in more people and more opportunity to get out. That's kind of how these things work. Um, but you can imagine the kind of urgency of these people with these very large balances, like even yeah. the next guy with a 4% balance, 4% of all Shiba balance, and he has 2.5 billion. So the ur- when you have that amount of, amount of, amount of, uh, crypto. yeah, crypto, and there's, there's, there's a value attached to it. I know that the liquidity do- doesn't exist to cash out all these people, but there is some urgency every day you go on and sell and you're trying to sell a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. So like eventually this is going to come down because this, the, the, the diversity is just too heavy among all these wallets and all these people, these people are trying to get out. Mind you, some of these people, um, they're not rich. These are people that are probably sitting in their basement, sitting in their parents' basement. Just not um, lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't. They can't. Jumped on the sell. bandwagon. They have a few hundred million dollars or a few billion in in profit, but they can't get it out. So every day they're gonna try, and you just kind of gotta watch that. I guess. I guess you could get a pretty good idea of what's gonna happen by with the with Shiba by just looking at these top twenty wallets and seeing, you know, um, how those those funds are kind of moving around. So we we do have a question in the group from Mark. We're gonna bring it up here on screen for uh, the audience that is listening to this only are you thinking the same trend with shiba will mirror what happened with doge majority owners selling off and then never really recovering to those highs absolutely definitely i i absolutely think that's exactly what's going to happen at some point when we don't know but eventually it's going to probably lose like half of its value over a very short period of time like dogecoin and then it's going to toil around and mediocrity for a long time and just do nothing for a long time so it's probably what's going to happen yeah that's you have to stay away from those coins that have no utility that's the thing that's the thing always it's it's the u u utility so ethereum has a hard time uh it, it, it can come down because again early founders are are still selling but there's people that are buying it regardless of whatever the price will be because there's people that play on on certain dApps um and um need a balance of ether to get transactions done right um there's people that are buying and minting nfts there's people that are doing ver- various things and so again like somebody who plays Decentraland, um, you can use Ether or Mana in the game. And if you use Mana, you need a balance of Ether to move, to move it around. And if you use Ether, obviously you have to buy Ether and hold it. If you're playing that that game, the price of Ethereum is irrelevant to you because you, you need a balance to get certain transactions done. So as long as there's always people playing that game and all the thousand other dApps that are on Ethereum, there's always going to be um, uh, buying mm. pressure for uh for ethereum but the thing with shiba and dogecoin all that there's nothing you can do with it other than sit and stare at it and hope that it goes up so there's no real buying pressure that's constantly there backing the coin or pegging the coin to um to uh something right and so and the crazy thing is dogecoin is actually more useful than shiba (laughs) and dogecoin is is stupid but it's just you can at least buy dallas mavericks gear with it yeah you, you, know, yeah. you can't do anything with yeah. shiba yeah exactly so, 
Um, Mark actually jumps in here with a question. Where do you see the top wallet percentages? I believe they use this this website. Uh, was it Coindesk? No, you can use, uh, I'll give you a better one. You can use etherscan.io. So E-T-H-E-R-S-C-A-N dot I-O. And then you would, when it, in that search bar, that's on the page. If you type in Shiba Inu, that's two separate words, obviously. You scroll down and you get, you find the Shiba Inu with the um, S-H-I-B, the SHIB in, in brackets. When you click on that and scroll down, you go down to the holders tab. Click it the probably holders tab. It'll, it'll show you the top 1,000 wallet holders. Which is pretty amazing. A uh, great thing about the blockchain is everything's digitally recorded. Yes. The blockchain is essentially a, a digital uh, ledger or notepad and for all your transactions. And the blockchain network is the number one one is Ethereum. So yep. that's why it's good to because you can, to invest in Ethereum. It's the most usable thing you can probably invest in for the mainstream person because well, Ethereum is on every platform. Not all the other useful ones are on every platform. So, yep. and you can check as far as there too. Yeah. Any anything that exists on Ethereum's blockchain, you can check on Etherscan.io. If you want to check. Um, coins that exist on um the binance smart smart chain like uh say uh safe moon you can go to bscscan.io i don't want to hear the name safe moon or moon safe ever again <laughs> unless it's regarding a, someone landing on the moon oh sorry guys it's bscscan.com for the binance smart chain explorer and on bscscan.com you can search safe safe moon and you can see who the top holders of that are and so how many wallets did uh shiba have eight hundred and seventy thousand eight hundred and seventy two thousand safe moon has 2.8 million wow so you're saying safe the better investment no 42 percent of all <laughs> of all safe moon is held in one in one wallet as well which is pretty common yeah yeah, yeah I mean, this the, is what uh, happened. Institutions come in and buy up, or these billionaires come in and buy up a shitload of this stuff. Or it's the person who created the coin that just owns it. Eh. It could so be. Most of the pump and jump, dump schemes, that's how it works. You never know, yeah. <sighs> Very e easy to create tens of thousands of, of, of wallets. Uh, yeah. This shit is so unpredictable. Like like I said, it's, it's, it's not stupid to throw 20 bucks in these things and just let it sit for years and see what happens. Cause something crazy could happen and you could have a 13,000% gain and your 20 bucks is now thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, Dogecoin, this is why people do this. I mean, Dogecoin, someone put a hundred dollars into it before, uh, last January, before that explosion hit, before it went to like a, a penny and then they ended up turning that hundred dollars into a hundred thousand dollars when it hit 70 cents because they ended up buying it at like however tenths of a penny <laughs> so that's what happened with a lot of people is they, they made a fifty hundred dollar investment and it turned into a ridiculous amount of money but that's very very rare yeah it's rolling because you have to have the discipline to actually hold it throughout all of that anyways yeah. and then you also have to know when to sell and a lot of times what end up happening is like we saw a Dogecoin is a lot of people jumped on as it 
was exploding. And by then it was too late. You know, mm-hmm. you, you bought it at 50 cents, 60 cents, 70 cents, and then it plummets and you're never going to recover that money most likely. So Maria coming in from Arizona. Maria, one of our favorites. Always there. I'm going to have to yell at someone right now. Right on the post. So, you don't mind. <laughs> Give me a second. Mark, no, stay away from the squid coin. No. <laughs> stay yeah. away. Just to stay away from stupid coins. Stop what it. was that on? What what platform was that on? Was that on uh, Ethereum or Binance BS or Binance Smart Smart Chain? No, idea. I don't know, but I know it wasn't easy to buy. You have to actually spend twenty minutes to figure out how to do it, and anytime I have to do that, I'm out. Yeah, mm-hmm. it takes me more than five minutes. Not interested. Yeah, but yeah, exactly that. Yeah, if you focus though, like. Um, like I know Tony's doing now, he's, uh, he's committing, um, what is it? $5 a week to, to Bitcoin or 5% of your portfolio to bit to Bitcoin. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm 5% of my, my overall portfolio to, yeah. it's going to go to Bitcoin. Uh, but, and then I have a little couple percent in Ethereum as well. So if you're, uh, if, if you're going to do things like, like, like that, it's good to pick the two biggest market market leaders. Yeah. Um, and, go you know go long in those right so uh it definitely wouldn't wouldn't be i know a lot, a lot of people think about going long in shiba anu and all all these other things like these are these are these are trades and maybe you get lucky and maybe not so so much but you you, you definitely have to sell those eventually that you, you can't hold them into the future because there's no financial backing behind them there's no utility behind them they're missing so many things to create long-term uh long-term wealth appreciation yeah, so I actually have almost exactly five percent of my overall investment in um, in crypto, and I think I'm going to probably aim for five to ten percent. That's about, and I think I'm comfortable with about ten percent being the max point. You know, maybe to maybe fifteen percent, but uh, no more than that. Next week it's twenty twenty five. Yeah, maybe twenty. Well, no, will, know, maybe ninety percent. Yeah, you know, it will become that though. <laughs> It will be become that as I was saying, like last. Well, week, that's what I mean. Just yeah. by growth, not because yeah. of me putting that in, but yeah. it it already has grown to over over five percent. I mean, yeah. I only put a thousand in uh, last year, and then I put I've been putting twenty five bucks, fifty bucks here and there in the ether, uh, Ethereum, and I think I'm at like eight percent now. There you uh, go. Yeah, it's gonna grow. Like three, yeah, I have like three thousand or something in there. So it's like 8%. Um, but that's just by it growing, not because I'm putting that money in. So, and that's a good problem to have. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm probably just going to hold them, even if it does grow. You know, if I have 100,000 invested and somehow Bitcoin grows to 100,000 in cash in there in my account and it's 50 50, I'm probably just going to leave it because. Leave it, yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Um, all right, Great. let's go to the the next subject: the new market highs. Yeah, I'm really I'm really enjoying the new market highs. Um, yeah, the stock market just continues to do uh, good things. Anybody, of course, this is why we stress so much um, to be invested in in things like the S and P five five hundred ETS or or the um, Nasdaq or Q the Nasdaq one hundred ETF. QQQ. 
Yep. These yeah. things are just sitting, um, sitting at all, all time highs right now. Both of those things hit an all time high today. Um, and again, they're rallying aftermarket. Um, so they're hitting a new high in the aftermarket right now. So they just keep on going up. And um, yeah, this is why we, we stress this so much. Like if you guys have um, stocks right now that you're down on this, uh, this year, that's not very, that's not a very good thing because this is such a boom year, 2020 and 2021, were just to fill, fill your boots kind of year. And so if you guys are down in anything, it, it's really not a, not a good look. No. Definitely not. I mean, I, I think I just hit like 42% all time on S&P 500 index that I've been buying. So which, you know, isn't that great if because it's been a couple years, but it's really good. 22%, 22%, 21% a year. Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. No, but I'm saying uh, if you started investing in it like five years ago, you should be up like 110% or whatever. Yeah. But because I dollar cost average into it, I'm not up as someone that might have. If you put one lump sum into it five years ago, you'd be up like 110%. Yes. Whereas opposed to me, I'm, I'm up like 40 something percent. But that's because I just dollar cost average and I don't look at the price because it's yeah. always going up anyways. So sometimes I bought it when it was really high and sometimes I bought it when it was low. But that's okay. I mean, that way you don't time the market. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't. You don't really need 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 to worry too much in things like VU or Triple Q. It's it's always a good a good a good a good buy if you if even you really when it's high. It. Yeah, yeah, even when it's high and you're holding it, it's a good buy. You know, um, you got Sabrina coming in with the vice here has helped me so much. We love hearing that. Yes, what we're doing, we're trying to save people, and uh, that's awesome. So, Someone calls you and offers you stocks. What do you say? You say no. You say how much money and when do you? Where do you want me to send my credit card number? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tony is not advising that. He's being no, sarcastic. No. You can't tell. Or same thing as someone message you in the group saying, "Hey, this is a stock tip or this." Do not believe it. Do not click on any links that they share. Do not click on any Telegram links for God's sakes in the group. Oh yeah. Uh, Telegram. We're getting rid of those. Do not up, click. But yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. Um, but I think the, the the other thing I saw was we were talking about. I think I'm talking to our buddy Sal in one of the posts about Apple stock. Okay. And uh, I'm not picking on him. We like Sal. Sal is one of our favorite members. But uh, he was talking about how apple is, is very frustrating he's like i i've you know i've i've had enough it's it's too slow i haven't seen any growth and i was like really because i have apple i bought apple um last june at right after the pandemic and uh the thing is it's up 40 42 percent over the last year so I mean, and it's been up every single. It's been up six months, three months, and the last week it's up the entire time. Now it's not up as much as something like Nvidia or Microsoft. I mean, I, those have been incredible gains. Um, but like Dalt said, just buy QQQ and you don't have to worry about it. You have all those companies. Yeah. So, but what I was saying was, you know, a stock that's up forty-two percent a year is incredible, and I think what's happening is we've become a little bit delusional because of these meme stocks and these crypto coins where they're up a hundred percent in four days. And it's, you just expect everything that everything should be like that. And that's not how it is. And eventually this, this crypto bubble is going to pop 
and a lot of people are gonna be just uh slow and steady yeah you know? that's it yeah you have to like like the crypto that that i hold i'm not too worried about what the what the price is i'm, I'm more worried about the development of the underlying platforms and yeah. as long as that can continues to go in the right direction I, I'm, I'm not really concerned about 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 the price. The price is going to be what it is going to be. I'm more excited to just use decentralized app, applications. I really believe that five 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 years from now, um, the vast majority of people will be using a DApp at least once a week. I think it's gonna it's gonna be that that mainstream, and I, I just find that whole concept exciting. And so I hold stakes on certain platforms. Um, as far as price increases. I'd, I don't consider any of the price increases in my crypto portfolio to be part of my overall investment portfolio. They're two very different things. Um, and, and so, so yeah, that's all I have to say about that. And then back to Apple, um, Apple. So yeah, I could see how someone might be frustrated in, in Apple because they've gained only 15% year to date. And if you're looking at things like Microsoft, Google, um, some other fang stocks facebook nvidia yeah, yeah. Or, or amazon is actually the worst actually i think it's not even worse but they've done so well this uh, this year but uh nvidia did really well early uh and over the last couple of years because of the whole um crypto surge and it's basically everybody buying gpus to build miners and that has really helped nvidia's business because they're a graphics card builder uh ma manufacturer and that's pretty much where all of their of their boon is is coming from nvidia wasn't this big of a grower before crypto um they're basically riding that wave anybody that builds com computers or is in the hardware software space knows that you could not buy a gpu earlier this year uh first and second quarter there were no gpus on the market uh so and because everybody had gone in and bought up a whole crap load of them to build miners and these big miners these industrial grade miners that are worth billions of dollars they have warehouses filled with these GPUs, you know, tens of thousands of them. So it's absolutely crazy. So that that was very good for NVIDIA's business. And Apple's business has been a little bit hurt because they're the most hardware heavy FANG stock. And so what ends up happening with them is they get hit by the supply crunch supply and rising issues. costs. Yeah. And rising costs don't really affect um, Google, Netflix, or Microsoft, just software-based. Rising costs, kind of, from supply shortages, is really going to affect is really going to affect hard goods, goods that have to be shipped across. Uh, versus Google doesn't really have stuff that ship that shipped across, other than the Pixel, which is a very small portion of their whole revenue stream. So that's what's actually hurt Apple a little bit. But these supply crunches will will normalize, and those costs of building these iPhones and MacBooks and stuff like that will come back down. And once that does come back down, you'll see Apple return to a better year next year, even though this year has been tough, but it still looks like this is going to be a record year for, for, for Apple. So like, like, again, it's, 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 it's patience and going long-term and, you know, as Warren Buffett says, and Tony says all the time as well, uh, the stock market is a device for transferring wealth um, from those who are not patient to those who are patient. So that's, that's yeah, uh, well said on all that and a great analysis on what's going on with Apple. And I think when you're a new investor and I think we've all gone, gone through this, especially I know I have is you get, you're impatient. You like, you put, you put a hundred dollars or whatever, $50, whatever amount of money into a stock. And then even if it goes down 
a dollar, you like, oh my God, you panic a little bit when you first start. Yeah. You're like, what is happening? Why is it going? It's Apple. Why is it going down? Or, and as time goes on, you're going to not worry about that stuff anymore. Like I watch, you go watch your portfolio drop a thousand dollars a day or up a thousand dollars in a day. And it's like, what, at this point, it's like, whatever, you know, I, I think I was up like $600 or something at one point today. And I'm just like, ah, you know, tomorrow it could be down $600. Who cares? It's not, it's all about long-term. Like, don't worry about the day-to-day stuff, you know, look at the, you know, a good time frame is the year to date or, you know, the past year to get an, an, an idea of what's happening. And like you said, Apple's still up 15% on the year and this is a bad year. Yeah. So, I mean, 15% in a bad year, it's pretty good. It's still pretty good. good. Yeah. So we got some uh, praise here. We got, uh, uh, give me a second. Sabrina's very happy because of your suggestion of getting CMPS. So, CMPS. There we go. Um, we have uh, Libby who's saying it's been doing amazing yeah, this yes. week, which is true. It has been. And then we got a, this question that uh, not, not, not now been when they raise interest rates. Uh, they say tech stocks will go down and bank stocks will start to benefit. Yeah. So yeah. I guess, I guess yeah. we can use this, this question, Tony, to talk about that question yeah. and transition into the tapering and all this stuff. Well, I actually have a, a transition into tapers from okay. Tony's colleague in his okay. backyard. So let's talk about this, and then I'll bring up that. Okay. We'll we'll answer that question though. Yeah. Go ahead. So, when they raise interest rates, tech stocks will go down. Bank stocks will start to 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 to, to benefit. So yeah, rising interest rates um, are going to allow big banks to pat their their um, margins. So that will end up helping a lot of financially based companies. Tech stocks, the reason why it's not that tech stocks will go down, it's more of a it's more of a general state statement. All tech stocks are not built um, the, the, the same. A lot of smaller tech tech stocks will be hurt by this reason being um, tech stocks tend to run very um, on very aggressive price to earnings multiples um, because of their growth me- metrics. But they also a lot of it is funded with a lot of debt. And so there are a lot uh, when when money is very cheap, they can borrow it very cheaply and they can build big grand things. And as long as money stays cheap, it allows them to go burr, as they say, you know, uh, extend uh, very, very rapidly when money starts to get really, really ick, 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 expensive and it's hard to borrow or get these line, line, lines of credit start, start to go up. Then you see. Um, spending tend to come down a little bit more and that debt load that these big tech companies are carrying tend to get a little bit more expensive to to carry it's even worse in utility stocks as as well um so utility stocks tend to have a lot of a lot of debt building a lot of infrastructure and so they tend to get hurt as well even worse than than tech stocks are supposed to when interest rates rise yeah that's perfect analysis and exactly what I was going to say. The only thing I'll add to that is the the larger tech stocks, which you kind of alluded to, the, the tech giants like Apple and Microsoft and these guys, um, they won't be hurt as much because even though they may not be able to get that those loans at a smaller interest rates, they don't really need it because they have so much cash on hand that they can literally pay off all of their long-term debt in one fall swoop if they wanted to. Like Apple and Microsoft, these companies have a ridiculous amount of cash on hand that 
the the interest rates rising aren't really going to affect them too much. Hundreds but, of billions of cash on the balance sheet. Yeah, but the lower end tech companies, the startups, the the small cap companies, those companies will be hit more and hit harder. So that's just something to to look out for. But on the other hand, rising interest rates right now is actually in the long term going to be a good thing um, because you can't keep giving out money at zero interest rates and low interest rates because money is becoming less valuable now. Prices are going up. There's more more demand. So the supply is becoming more constrained and uh, constricted. And that's kind of what is happening. And that's why there's many reasons why we're seeing inflation. I mean, there's a whole mirage of reasons. But when money is easily accessible and cheap and anybody for the past year and a half can go take out a bank loan for no interest and people are refinancing their cars, their homes and buying cars. And, yeah. uh, when, and when it's that easy and, and you're paying it back with almost no interest, I mean, you're going to see a huge um, surge in products being sold. You're going to see uh, supply chain issues and what we're seeing. You're going to, it's just a whole uh, domino effect. And I'm trying to keep it as simple as possible without getting into too many crazy uh, Keynesian economic terms and things like that, that nature. But um, essentially, I think the rising interest rates is something that needs to happen. And it probably should have happened a while ago. But listen, when you're, when you're the government and you're the party in charge and both parties do this, you're not going to want to be the party that's responsible for hurting the stock market and rising interest rates. And you know, you don't want to be responsible for that because it's a bad look on your administration, but it needs to be done and it should have been done months ago. And the fed has been talking about it for months ago, but the chairman, I mean, might as well jump right into it. The Federal Reserve has been pumping $120 billion a month into the stock market, into the bond market in uh, in particular. I think you said they're, I don't know, I, I didn't see if they're buying ETFs, but I guess they're pumping the S&P 500 as well. Last year, they were buying um, bond index ETFs. <clears throat> yeah. So which was, essentially, which the first time I think that's ever happened. I don't think anybody's ever, you, usually the Fed just buys bonds, uh, corporate bonds or and things, yeah. things like that. But this, the, the, this time Powell was in there buying a bond index ETFs. I'm like, Holy crap. This guy's serious. This which guy's is right in the market. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy to, to pump up the SB 500 because you would think that's just going to naturally work itself out anyways. But the crazy thing is, which we talked about bonds a lot is bonds are, uh, they're essentially buying or they're essentially loaning money or buying debt of these corporations. And then they're paying them back. So it could be overwhelming. They're, I mean, the amount of bonds they've been buying is absolutely insane. Pretty soon the government is going to basically, if at this pace, if they kept doing this for very long, they'd basically be loaning out so much money to Apple and all these top companies in the S&P 500. It'd be an insane amount of money that they're buying out. Uh, so I think from what they're saying right now is they're going to begin tapering in November and December. And then midway through next year is when they expect it to stop, where they will stop pumping the market. I believe that um, 
it's probably not going to go down like that. And they're probably going to continuously change course every month and come up with different things every month. And who knows what's going to happen, but it seems like a smart idea, whether or not they're going to actually go through with that idea as planned. We'll see, because as we know, a lot of this is this has political ramifications and if the stock market tanks because of this, they'll probably start pumping it immediately again <laughs> rather than letting it naturally run its course. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I would agree with you 100%, Tony. Um, I always think back to that that year. I think it was, it was sometime in 2019. Yeah, yeah. I know um, exactly. I think it was had, late 2018. Yeah, they had gone on the, on the program to start raising rates. And they raised rates. They raise rates. They raise rates. And you remember when they cut it back down? And this was before we even got into this whole COVID situation. Oh yeah, they, yeah. They tried yeah. to raise it, and they were like, "Oh, too much, too, too much pressure. It's got to come back down. It, it's going to be super tough for them to bring these rates up." And I think, and, I, and they weren't doing anything near what they're doing now. Exactly. I mean, exactly. They say a hundred and twenty bill a billion a month, but. I've seen reports out there that show that they were in some months they were doing as much as almost 200 billion, uh, depending on the month. Uh, so I don't know how true that is, but from what I've seen, they've basically gone over that every single month of what they said they're doing, which is kind of concerning. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little concerned about that, not because of people just panicking, but just concerned because we're artificially inflating the stock market, which we've been doing for a long time anyways. So it's kind of a fake stock market. It's going to be a bubble. It's going to pop soon, isn't it? It. I think as soon as they try to raise, raise rates, because they try to do it before and they only got, I think two interest rate increases in, and it wasn't even that much. They'd only raised it like half a, half a percent. And they, and the third time they came to the, to the meeting, they took it down another point two 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 five. And now we're in a much worse economic situation. And now they're going to try to raise it again. I don't think they're going to be able to raise it. They're going to bring it up 0.25. And I think it's going to come back I, down. I think zero. it's important to, uh, to talk about the fact that the reason why they do this, where they raise these interest rates, is because they're seeing, they have a standard, the Fed sets, where they like to see inflation around 2% per year. And when it goes above that, they'll raise they'll do quantitative easing and they'll raise interest rates to help bring the inflation back down in check with the yearly average um and they try to keep it around two percent and that's why they they do that but at the same time they're essentially creating a fake market <laughs> and now they've they've set a precedent so anytime they do this and it and it fucks with the market they just oh, forget it and they go back to what they were doing so I don't know. It's almost like they have to continue doing this forever, it's seemingly. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see what happens when they actually do stop doing this. They stop pumping the market. I am a little skeptical that they are going to ever do, stop doing that. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. So uh, Mark actually has a good question to end the show on. What does that mean to me as an investor that they're doing all of this? Well, if they continue doing it, nothing the market's just going to keep going up and i guess they could do it for as, as much as they want because what's money anyways they can just right. make money whenever they want yeah so 
Yeah. So when the when 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 the Fed when the Fed goes in and buys all of these all these bonds, they come in hard with cash. Um, they buy all these bonds. They take possession of the bonds, and that gives the companies that they took those bonds from a whole in in influx of cash. When the Fed now releases these bonds back into the market, they're selling them to various market uh, participants who want to pick up these these bonds. Now the Fed is not holding on to these bonds anymore, and they have um, taken all of their money back, so to so to speak. So now it's the market's responsibility, and now the market is the ones that are holding these bonds. So now the Fed isn't holding on to everybody's uh, corporate bonds. Yeah, yeah they're um, they're they're loans essentially. Yeah. yeah. As if Where these like, companies have to pay back these bondholders now. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. so they're essentially paying back the government with interest. Mm-hmm. And companies like mm-hmm. Apple and Microsoft, they can do that, obviously. It's not really a big deal. So uh, it's not likely that they're going to default. Like the S&P 500 companies, it's not likely that any of them are going to default. But if they're buying like junk bonds, uh, we don't know what type of bonds they're heavily invested in. Mm-hmm. So. I, I'm not yeah, sure. It's 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 basically the, the difference between the Fed standing behind the market and and holding it up, and the Fed has unlimited it's amount of, of, of purchasing power. So unlimited really, power. Yeah, really, really, you can't fight the Fed if the Fed is in the market. That's why I used to make the joke all all the time: the Fed has your back. Don't worry, it'll come back. Everybody was worried about September. I'm like, the Fed is still in the market. So he's still going to hold it. Eventually it's got to come back up. But when the Fed is out of the market, then people start to look around and be like, it's just us in here now. The Fed isn't holding up any of these securities. How shoddy are these securities really? Uh, now people are starting to sweat. They're starting to worry. And that's when you you find um, people start to behave normally as if. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People don't want investments and smart. To answer your question, Mark, as long as you have good companies, you're investing in good companies, it doesn't really affect you that much. Because if you're invested in AMC or, you know, junk crap that doesn't really have the uh, financials behind it, then I would be concerned. But why couldn't Apple be a mean stock? Like, like, come on, that's a because Apple's too profitable. Meme stocks are only stocks that suck. <laughs> They're only companies that are almost bankrupt. There we go. All right, guys, this is the episode. Um, we're going to say goodbye. Tony, uh, let you finish the drink here. Uh, Dalt, go ahead and tell us where we can find you and uh, all that fun stuff. Perfect. I'll answer Mark's last question. Are you saying GameStop is in trouble? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. GameStop, uh, AMC, anybody that's been a a beneficiary of cheap monetary policy is most certainly going to be in trouble. Um, So, yes, dump all... Start tapering those crap. Start tapering speculative securities, yeah. Yeah, Taper up. up. (laughs) Take your wins that that you have and slowly get out of there because uh, it's not going to be smart. Okay, Dalt, let's wrap it up. Find me on uh, my website, of course, bandingcorecapital.com, the blog, bandingcorecapital.com slash blog. I'm always in the group, and I'm on Instagram at Life R-I-S-M-A-Y-L-I-F-E. Lots of free content on there, lots of free Wall Street Journal content. If you don't like paying $9 a month, I usually share it on my Instagram story, so check me out. All right, yeah. Tony, where can we find you? The Stock Bros Podcast. I'm going to put out a couple more episodes uh, later this week. And uh, obviously, you can at me in the group if you have any questions or whatnot. 
like I said several times, I don't really check my messages, so I'm sorry. It, if I don't respond to you, it's nothing personal. I just don't. I very rarely check them, and it's sometimes it's overwhelming. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I know that. I know that feeling. L- ladies and gentlemen, I am, of course, Bill Better, the podcast mogul. Uh, I represent you guys here. So if you have questions that you want answered on the show, you know, send me a DM. I'll do my best to bring it up. Or we actually have a sheet, a link in the show notes. You click on that link. It will be able, you can suggest a stock, a crypto, an ETF, or topics you want us to talk about here. That's probably the best way and the fastest way because we each get a little notification on that. We get an email notification. I set that up because I'm the podcast mobile and I make sure that my guys are taken care of. I want to thank you all for watching. You guys are amazing. Once again, safe and smart investing. Save that money.